everybody and welcome to another live chat this time uh we have a third person i guess we should introduce first i am brian mcnichols um i have angela over there on the other side and right in between us is steve bloom who is one of our statisticians at touring plans Hi, we guys. are uh, we are going to talk all about the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge announcement and specifically what that is expected to do uh, with crowds. So, um, uh, Angela, I know you already have questions locked and loaded, so I'm going to let you start asking away. I know. I, hang on. I'm trying. I'm, I'm pulling up our live chat so I can see the comments come in. So, like, I'm kind of a mess right now. <laughs> oh, we, we actually have people saying hi already. Oh, yeah. Um. Yes. All right. I have the volume down. Now it won't interrupt everything. Okay. Hello to Michael. He's saying good morning. Hello to Danny. Oh, Danny boy. Yes. If you guys have questions as we are doing this chat, please leave them below. Um, we're on a 20 second delay. So if we don't get to your questions or your comments right away, that's why. Um, yeah, it shouldn't affect you guys in any way. I don't know why I bring that up every time. I but... Either, but I know, like, I'm like so obsessed <laughs> with this 20 second delay. Okay, moving on. The coffee has kicked in this morning. And hello, Patty. Okay, so let's get started. Are All right. Here? I'm hearing the 20 second delay very faintly. Is that coming over my mic? Yeah, you'll if you are watching it on YouTube as well, Steve, you'll just have to go and push mute on the YouTube um, video that you're watching. There we go, that fixed that. Yeah, I had to do that as well. Okay, I'm like so giddy to have Steve on with us today. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, Steve wrote up a blog post about the crowd calendar updates, which we updated on Monday, um, as far as the Galaxy's Edge opening, which is opening at Disneyland May 31st and Disney World August 29th. So if you haven't seen that, Brian, can you link that? I think the link is in our document. If you haven't seen that blog post, definitely check sure. that out. We've kind of done a few updates since then. Uh, so yes, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to answer some questions that we got about Galaxy's Edge opening, what that means for you, what that means for trips coming up and all that. All right. So per the post that Steve wrote, the crowd levels on the updated crowd calendars are for the non-Galaxy's Edge areas. Can you explain why that is, Steve, why it doesn't include Galaxy's Edge? Well, if we included Galaxy Edge, every day would be a 10. Um, the land's gonna be full, it's gonna reach capacity probably on most days. So having a scale of 10 to 10 for the next forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I wasn't gonna sure. It's very helpful to people. Yeah. Um, so, really for any new attraction that comes online at a park, we don't initially include it because those wait times are gonna not be the normal wait times that it has once it becomes a traditional regular ride in the park. So that's one reason. The other one is any of our estimates today for how long a new attraction is gonna take is speculation based on other attractions, popularity. Once we have data after a year, after a few months, we'll at least have a pattern that we can build models that will actually statistically predict the wait times, not just some educated guessing. Okay, so yeah, we, we've seen that. Did you do that? I know we did that with Toy Story Land. And did we do that with Fantasyland as, all, as well when that opened? Yeah, we do it with every ride, anytime a new ride. So it was, we usually tr wait about a year before we add a n new attraction to the crowd calendar calculations. 
Okay, so when people are looking at our updated crowds and they think that, okay, it's staying at 10 and a 9 for a few days or for a week and it's going down, that's why. It's because we're not including Galaxy's Edge in those updates. Right, because some people are going to spend all day in Galaxy's Edge and stand in line all day and think it's the worst crowds there ever been. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and it will be. And it will be, but over at Toy Story Land, you can probably walk on to Slinky Dog in five minutes. So that's why we choose to exclude new attractions to the crowd calendar. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, I see a lot of comments coming in as far as, you know, we booked our honeymoon for the day after Star Wars Land. That's from Jenny. Uh, John is, his and his wife are going over 4th of July week. How bad are the crowds historically? You know, we're going to get to a lot of these questions down the line. So I see them coming in. We are going to get to them. I just want to go over a few other questions first that we got uh, yesterday. So Steve Cherry said, is there an actual number in all of the mathematics to adequately describe the impending crowd levels? And as most of you know, our crowd levels go from one to 10. So people are wondering, is it going to be an 11? Is it going to be a 12? Do you want to talk about our crowd, our crowd level scale a little bit, Steve? We have, even internally, we've talked about putting an 11 on our crowd calendar scale for days that are just super crazy. You know, we know New Year's Eve, Christmas Day are just the highest. That it, Yesterday was a 10 at the Magic Kingdom. I don't think it was as crowded as it would feel on New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. But about 8% of our days out of a year is a 10. And that means that there's going to be a range of what a 10 is. Mm -hmm. um, again, Galaxy's Edge is going to be capacity. It's going to be whatever big number you want to call it, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> Brian, have you ever been to the parks on different crowd levels of 10? Um, I, I haven't been on a lot of really busy days. I, I generally try to avoid those. <laughs> um, Me too. But... Um, I mean, I have been on 10 days, but not like the, the crazy 10 days. I've never been between Christmas and New Year's. I've never been around Easter um, is an, another bad one. Actually, right right now, today, as you're filming this, I saw some people posting that the Flight of Passage line was all the way back to Pizza Fari today. So, um, you know, now oh we're, we're into spring break crowds here. So, um, you know, it, it's it's bad now. But like Steve said, it's it's not as is bad and you know to, to to focus on something steve said before like if if you're if you're looking at the crowd calendar and see okay well today it's only an an eight um it's, uh, star wars galaxy's edge is going to be packed and it's going to be it, there will probably be lines just to get into the land for mm -hmm. the near future um mm -hmm. you know so don't don't read into that that like oh it won't be that bad star wars will be very bad for a long yeah. time yeah yeah no it's gonna be horrible and you know uh since we got questions about summer about the fourth of july let's talk about uh i think we got a question from jennifer do you think this will impact current predictions for summer so let's talk about june and july and then we'll talk about maybe the two weeks leading up to walt disney world in august if that makes sense. So like the two weeks before it opens, August 29th. And this is uh, applying to Walt Disney World. So Steve and Brian, can you kind of talk about what we're expecting for maybe June and July for Walt Disney World and those current summer crowds? 
I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> okay. So there's a lot of unknowns, right? So we're, we're using past history to kind of guide us a little bit. But of course, Galaxy's Edge is historic and nothing's been open like this before. Right. Um, bookings have been low, people anticipating Galaxy's Edge. So Disney even gave free dining for the summer, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, so I think any people that are rebooking and moving their vacations to the summer to avoid Galaxy's Edge is going to offset the normal, the people that are avo- that are waiting. You know, Fourth of July week is going to be probably the busiest week over the summer because people get the, for- the fourth off and they make a whole week out of it. Um, but we've seen a trend of people staying away over the summer. It's really hot in Florida in the summer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So it's definitely had an impact on crowds. So with their longer hours and the heat, I, it, it's spreading the crowds out during the summer. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry that it's going to be crowded because people are avoiding Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and I went last, I think it was like July 1st, and we went home on July 4th. It was really, really hot, but really the crowds weren't bad at all. They were very doable. We had a touring plan, and we walked on to rides like Haunted Mansion, Pirates, less than five-minute waits. It's a small world, less than five-minute wait. Disney is going to have to do something to control the crowds. Yes. They're not going to let people line up for two days to get into Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let people in the gate and make them wait eight hours to get into the land. Um, I expect them to have some way to have a return time to get into Galaxy's Edge. That may be a special fast pass. It may be a wristband they hand out in the mornings. And as I've been thinking of all this, one kind of crazy idea, but I think it would make a lot of sense. So one thing that Disney's doing is not doing fast pass for the one attraction in Galaxy's Edge, uh, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, mm-hmm. will not have fast pass. Mm-hmm. So what that will mean is the standby line will move faster because there's no fast pass people jumping ahead in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they did for Pandora in previews was they had three-hour windows for annual pass holders. They made a reservation online well in advance. You got to go in that three-hour window, three window, and within that three-hour window, they gave you a, it wasn't a fast pass, but basically a fast pass to ride Flight of Passage once. So mm-hmm. I expect something similar to that. And one twist to that that I would think would actually work really well is if they were monitoring the number of people coming in, you could spend as much time in the land as you want, you ride the Millennium Falcon, and when you get off the ride, you leave the land. That would give mm-hmm. a steady flow of people leaving the land, so that means they could have a steady flow of people coming into the land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right now, at Disneyland, you're gonna be able to make reservations but not at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And so that's what you're kind of thinking is you think they're eventually going to add those? Yeah, and if you look into the details at Disneyland, their reservation system is only for the first 19 days. Mm -hmm. And in the fine print, they're guaranteeing people staying at a Disneyland hotel a reservation, but there hasn't been anything beyond... It doesn't say other people won't be able to get a reservation yeah. but they're right now there's no it's it's very vague how they're talking about this reservation so reservations are not guaranteed so 
I suspect that Disney will probably keep the number of reservations really low at the beginning of that window so they can operate the land and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it almost sounds like they're doing a scheduled soft opening as much as anything where they're going to this way they can they can really see what the impact of the crowds looks like at first before they just throw the gates open. And and you might yeah. be right. They might, the first May 31st and June 1st might be fairly low on the reservation scale. And then after, you know, maybe it'll, and maybe it will be hotel guests because there's only the three hotels. So it's not that many people relative. Oh, to Brian, the rest you cut of the out. Party. Are you still there? Yep. I am still frozen there. on my side too. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Well, I was going to ask this question. Brian, are you back? I, I think so. Yeah, my um, okay. it keeps giving me warnings that my connection is weak, and I don't know mm-hmm. why. Um, I'm okay. sure I'm going to just blame it on Skype. Um, so well, I see you. Um, but, I, uh, I have a question. I have a question going with that though for you, Brian. Do you think that these reservations, especially for the first 19 days, is kind of Disney's way of doing a controlled opening? Then, like you like you kind of mentioned, like a soft opening, but in in a controlled way, just to kind of see. I don't know, maybe work out the kinks and see how they can do this safely and efficiently. I mean, we'll, we'll know a lot more as it gets closer and we see how easy it is to get reservations. If, if they, I mean, they're going to, no matter how many they put out there, they're, they're going to be gone very quickly. But um, like Steve said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was only the three Disney hotels there that got reservations for the first day or two until they yeah. kind of could judge what it was going to be like. Um, especially because it's over a weekend then too. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then maybe they would, you know, and then starting like Monday, they could just kind of start letting everybody in. Um, Cause presumably they'll, they'll allow all the hotel guests in um, or to get a reservation no matter what, because I know I would be uh, very, very ticked off if I was paying all that money for the hotels there and then couldn't get into some right. Star Wars. But um but yeah, and, and I'm sure World will do something very similar, mm-hmm. um, and they probably just and honestly they might wait and see how it goes in Disneyland. Um, there's no rush; they could wait until June and then explain how it's going to work. But there's going to be something. It has to be. They can't. They can't have an instance where people are lining up outside Hollywood Studios overnight and things like that. They they've already said they do not want that. So it's going to have to be something else. Well, and Steve, didn't I see in your blog post that at Disneyland annual pass holders have certain blackout dates through the summer? So that will filter some of the crowds for that. Yeah, so um, last year, so Disneyland has several different passports is what they're called out there um, that have different types of blackout dates. You know, obviously the cheaper ones have more restrictions. Starting last, so before Disneyland, Disneyland and California Adventure had the same blackout dates. Starting last year, they've now shifted it so they're park de- independent. So mm-hmm. over the summer, Disneyland Park, where Galaxy Edge is, is blocked out all summer. So there'll be a lot of locals that won't have access to the park until the fall. Wow. When do those blackouts start? Do they start in in June then or yeah they're 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 blocked out for the whole oh, wow. yeah hmm. now um, that doesn't prevent them from buying a one-day ticket to get in yeah. right but, but if they're spent for a passport that most right, people probably will wait that's kind of a bummer that they'd have to spend more money when they already have 
a passport, that's, but I mean, that's being a Disney fan. fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan, this is a good one. I'm sorry I interrupted, but this is yeah. a good question that I want you to answer. Um, Mandy said, I'm assuming Galaxy's Edge is opening before Runaway Railroad. Railway. Ugh. I cannot say that correctly. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Any speculation as to when that will open and if it's possible to avoid Star Wars chaos? Oh my gosh, my my words. So you and I talked about this in the podcast that we recorded yesterday. And we have yes. speculation on when it might open, but do you want to touch on that? Well, we... I don't think they've officially... Well, they haven't officially said anything. Disney hasn't. No. Um, and I know we've asked... And you have gotten kind of a, a shrug and a, and a wink. But um, we, we're working under the assumption right now that it will open a little bit before Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I'm sure they want it to open at least with Galaxy's Edge just to use as a little bit of crowd control as somewhere mm -hmm. else so that people can go. The more the more rides and, and things that, that people can do there, I think that's why they're not shutting down like the Star Wars launch bay or anything like that. The more yeah. things in Hollywood studios that people can do while they wait for a return time or something like that, the better. Um, mm -hmm. As as we we talked about um, uh, on the podcast that, that hasn't come out yet, but um, yeah. we, uh, you know, it, it it does seem like they, they Disney is very internally excited about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and it does sound very neat. So I'm a little surprised they're not they're, they're not going to try to open it over the summer to kind of maybe it maybe give those people that are avoiding Star Wars something to be excited about or just something yeah. to, to do PR over. Um, the only thing that makes me wonder why they're not is, is if it is just running behind. Um, mm -hmm. So right now we're working under the impression that it will be open, you know, a week or two weeks or something before Galaxy's Edge. But that's mostly guesswork and, and what we know so far. Yeah, that will be a good way to kind of further spread out the crowds, I would imagine. But yeah, I think that'll be as sad as I am about the great movie ride. I think the technology is going to be cool. My kids love the cartoons. I think it'll be a fun one. All right. Um well, I'll get to this comment because we need to talk about it anyway. Do we know when Rise of the Resistance will open? Because if you don't know, Galaxy's Edge is opening in two phases. The first one being Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. That's the first ride. And then phase two will come later with Rise of the Resistance. Steve, what do we know about that? I, I think it's just speculation at this point. We really don't know. Um, it is. I don't even know if it's speculation. They, they, they have just said later this year. That's the official word from Disney. Mm -hmm. My cynical side says they're going to wait till January until and milk the this first phase opening as much as they can, do the crazy holiday crowds, and then when we have the lull before spring break, mm -hmm. have a second grand opening of Star Wars Land and the chaos can start again. Um, well, here we have they, uh, we have an opinion from. Fred Hazelton, who are, is our other statistician, who uh, who thinks it will not be that far behind the other ride, um, and I will say that's that's actually what our our boss Len Testa uh, agrees with. He thinks it's only a couple weeks behind, construction-wise. Really? Um, and Disneyland, I can definitely see that. I could see them wanting to open it like midsummer, uh, and and you know use the, those extra crowds and just kind of keep keep that momentum going. World. I can definitely, I, I can see it both ways. I can see them wanting to open it at, before like Thanksgiving to, to, you know, to, as another way to keep the crowds 
doing something else. I mean, that's going to have, that's going to be the one that probably has the four and five hour lines. That's a lot of people it's eating up at one time. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, um, I tend to be a little bit more of a park cynic like Steve and, and can see them saying, well, we don't usually have people coming in January, but so this is a good way to get people to come in January. So uh, the world, I think might be a little more up in the air than land is. So, so I don't know. It's either a month after or January, I guess. Stay tuned. I'm excited for that. I was looking at the details of that attraction last night, and it's going to be cool. I'm more excited for the Millennium Falcon, though. I, I'm actually torn. I thought for sure Millennium Falcon was going to be the one that, that I was the only one I was really, really excited for. But reading all that Rise of the Resistance stuff, it sounds incredible. The um, pre-show looks so neat. It's like a ride before the ride. Basically. Yeah, the epic scale of it is amazing of what at least they're putting out well and, and according i mean all those the reporters and everything that were in there said that the hangar that you on the the star destroyer that you exit into kind of is so massive that and that's the building that's supposed to be bigger than all of pirates of the caribbean's show building so that or that room so um yeah they they went they went insane with that one but you're right i, I think millennium falcon is definitely the one that's most likely for to uh bring out some tears so Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, we could talk about that in a different podcast if you guys want, just yeah. like the features of the whole land. Cause I yes, could get I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a lot. So. Okay. Well, we didn't even finish our last question before we got into the comments and the two weeks leading up to the Walt Disney world opening um, that, you know, August timeframe, what do we think, Steve? We think that's going to be okay. I think it'll be okay. Um, some people are hoping for previews. And I think this early opening date is aggressive, and I imagine they're going to be working up to the last second to get the land ready. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to use Disneyland as their test bed and their preview. So I think anything Disney World needs to learn, they, they'll be able to pick it up from Disneyland. So I wouldn't count on previews. Um, <clears throat> But again, that's just my opinion. Um, so I think it will be, I, I don't think it'll be anything different than the rest of the summer. Okay, that's good to know. Um, and how will this affect the other parks once it opens besides Hollywood Studios? So it will increase attendance. So fall being quiet and a great time to go mm -hmm. will be not quite as quiet and not quite as a great time to go. Oh, but the it will best still, time. But it will, it will still be over the next year. It's probably not going to be the the worst we're going to see. Um, so, for our models, we're assuming that Magic Kingdom and Epcot, which can handle crowds better, will have about a ten percent increase in wait times. Okay. And um, Animal Kingdom about fifteen percent, and the rest of Hollywood Studios twenty five percent. Okay. So that. So mathematically, that's how we're what the assumptions we're making that we put in the models to adjust the crowd levels. So really not too bad of a spike for any of those, except maybe Animal Kingdom. Yeah, Animal Kingdom just has less attractions. It's going to attract the same sci-fi fans. You know, if they haven't seen Pandora, they're definitely going to want to do that when they're there. So, and lately we've seen higher wait times at Animal Kingdom that have not really been explained. So we're, we're expecting that to kind of continue. Okay, yeah, I, we actually had a question about that, is that we've, 
uh, Animal Kingdom predictions have gone up specifically in the fall, like that kind of late August, September time. And part of that's unexplained, but also could that be because of the 25% spike that yep, we're yeah, yeah, but, yeah, so the increase in the Animal Kingdom crowds and, and Magic Kingdom, I mean, are, are all due to uh, Galaxy Edge opening. Okay. Um, Brian, ooh, where is it? Yeah, I know I know exactly which one you're going. Okay. Um, it, uh, Shannon here asks if uh, if we will have any plan to do any rope drop uh, videos for for either Disneyland or Walt Disney World Galaxy's Edge open the answer is yes uh, both um, I am actually going to Disneyland for the Galaxy's Edge open at the end of May and Angela will be at uh, Disney World at the end of August um, and along with other some other touring plans people will, will also be at both but um, but yeah, we will we will cover as much video as as absolutely possible. Um, the actual rope drop videos won't be as useful those first yeah. couple days because it will be a mess and um, and and like we said earlier, there's going to be some sort of reservation system anyway. But um, but we do plan to go back to Disney World um, over you know at least once over the fall to kind of see how the crowds are doing once everything. Um, I, I know I would like to go to Disney World after Rise of the Resistance opens um, mm -hmm. and do kind of a follow up and see how how the crowds are are dealing with um, with the, the the land once it normalizes a little bit. So yes, we will have have plenty of coverage about that. And I saw somebody, uh, Sean here, says he wants me to dress up like Han uh, when I go, which um, I'll have to start Do vest it. shopping, I suppose. <laughs> that that was the first question I was going to ask. I definitely, if you guys think that Brian should dress like Han Solo, if you can like this, yeah, there's a like button, like this. Mm -hmm. And if we get like a hundred likes on this live stream, Brian, <laughs> you should do it. I, I certainly can, yeah. I, uh, just the, the everything Han Solo except my touring plan shirt underneath instead of the, the white shirt, something like that, you know. And uh, or better yet, we'll make. I know I know Len Testa will be. I believe at both openings, so uh, we'll we'll see if we can talk him in dressing up like Han, and I'll dress like Chewie. How so. about this? If we get two hundred likes, maybe you're just Len throwing numbers dress. out now. Yeah, yeah. There we go. If we get two hundred likes, maybe Len will dress as Han, and will it be too hot for you to dress like Chewie? We'll work. We'll, we'll work on that. I got All a right. Chewie shirt. So when we've gone, my son's had a T-shirt that's a solo shirt, and I've been. Chewy. Nice. We need um, to work on this because aren't you going, Steve? Are you going? Um, I believe I'll be there on the thirtieth, and then my my kids' fall break is the end of September. So I plan on going for the opening as well as September. I live in Atlanta, so I can drive down there. <laughs> oh, we should totally cosplay. Oh, and the likes are coming in, so the people the people want it. They want us to dress up. <laughs> Well, there are rules, you know. No blasters. We we can't bring those. No, and and I, I wouldn't. Be, well, and and see, I might get in trouble because I do I do run into to you know touring plans fans and and our YouTube viewers in the parks, and I will occasionally uh, get asked for pictures. And if Disney sees me dressed as Han Solo taking pictures, that's I'm I'm going to get uh, asked to leave. So uh, that <laughs> just... could be it could be an issue, but uh, we'll we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out. Keep keep the likes coming. We'll we'll figure out. We'll fine tune it. All right, so where's my next question? How do you think that, this is from Jenny, how do you think the Galaxy's Edge crowds 
will affect food and wine at Epcot, specifically since it's opening weekend for both. That is like huge. And it's Labor Day weekend. Wow. It's a lot. So food and wine opening weekend is crazy. So expect it to be crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there'll be a huge overlap. I think locals will probably flock to food and wine like they normally do. Um, and then the Star Wars fans will flock to Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, first week's already busy, so it's going to be busy. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah we, I, we typically tell people to stay away from, from food and wine over the weekend just because of locals that attend. Yeah. Yeah, especially the evening, you know, Friday and Saturday evenings tend to get very crowded and a little rowdy for, for Disney World. So I, uh, I don't imagine that changing in any way. Like you said, it, it tends to be a locals event as much as anything. Um, so I, I could see just all the locals going over there because they're not going to Hollywood Studios. So Right. <clears throat> and it, came, it kind of seems like the people who are coming for Galaxy's Edge are just going to go to Galaxy's Edge. They're not really going to be focused on food and wine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, the locals are going to do that. Yeah, I am curious about how exactly it's going gonna, it's gonna to shake out because um, with, only, with it only being, you know, phase one of the opening without Rise of the Resistance, uh, I wonder if there are people that have been eyeing going that will wait. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are, are many, many people that are going just for the opening and aren't going to care about any of the other parks but i do wonder how many people have been watching it going okay we want to do a family vacation but we're going to wait and go when star wars opens i am not mm-hmm. sure that there's a ton of those uh, which is one of the reasons that that we're estimating that the other parks won't be too adversely affected uh because you know that it's a little bit different than like pandora opening where um as as much as pandora made or avatar made a, a ton of money in theaters um it doesn't quite it, it well i would say it doesn't quite have the fan base of star wars but i think that's underselling it a little bit um so i i do think that this will be very very lopsided where there would be so many people just going for star wars and almost mm-hmm. nothing else uh which will be will be very strange yeah i have i have uh, two comments kind of going along with that a little bit one is Fred's uh I have a question somebody suggested I dress like Jar Jar that's I can tell you now that is that'd be uh, so painful I feel I feel awkward even watching him trying to walk around doing that accent I I would offend many many people I'm sure you you have to master the walk too if you did it all right Fred's question kind of goes along with what you're talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is a new approach to immersive lands. What advice does Brian have for making the most of the interactive experiences? I want to get the most Star Wars. Oh, why'd you have to write this? Star Wars, keep <laughs> this out of it. Thanks, Fred. I, um, yeah, and, and some of this depends on, we don't know all of the interactive experiences exactly. Um, yeah. We know that the, the, the Disney Play app or Disney Parks Play, whatever that the app is officially called, will be integral in the land. You're going to be able to do things like translate um, things that you you see. You're going to apparently be able to track. I know one of the things that they have said is that you are going to gain a reputation by piloting the Millennium Falcon or or being you know on the crew. So if you do very badly at it and 
crash up the Falcon a lot, then you other it's possible other cast members will um, will know that and and tell you like, oh, you're on that crew that wrecked the Falcon, um, and you will carry that reputation until you do it again and do better, I guess. But um, now, presumably in Disney World, a lot of that will be done via Magic Band. And, you know, as as you pay for a drink at Oga's Cantina and they scan your magic band, then, you know, maybe more information will come up about you. But um, or it could just be RFID. I mean, heck, they can Mm -hmm. pull pictures of you off of rock and roller coaster when you're flying by. So I'm sure they will know when you walk in the door, too. But um, Disneyland doesn't have magic bands. So I don't know how that's going to work there. And what I've heard is that it will a lot. A lot of it will be kind of app based. But, um, but I don't know how that's going to work. I, I imagine for now, I, I, I would say um, we just kind of have to wait and see what else is going to be in there. But it sounds like this is going to be one of those lands like Diagon Alley, say, where um, just, paying, just, just paying a ton of attention to everything around you is mm-hmm. what's going to be the most useful. You're going If you are a big Star Wars fan, I think there are just going to be a million references to everything all over the land. Um, and apparently they really want people using their th- this app on their phone to, um, you know, find out, like, find he- hidden messages. I What did I read somewhere? I read a, a lot of the articles from all the, the press that got to go into the construction area. And um, I think it was it must have been in one of there where they said that you there are actually going to be like like checkpoints or things that you can turn on or off depending on your feelings about the resistance in the first order. So like there'll be a monitoring droid that is monitoring the resistance that you'll be able to go up and using the app um, switch it off if you are sympathetic to the resistance or if it's off you'll be able to turn it back on if you are you know if you are anti-resistance I guess um, so though it sounds like they're just going to do a lot of that stuff so um, that's which is going to be crazy and I also also a lot of that stuff I have a feeling will not quite be ready for opening day so yeah. <laughs> I think we'll have a lot of time to suss all that out but I think it kind of depends on how you how you feel like how you grew up enjoying star wars whether it be the films like my husband and i were just talking about that like like for me when i grew up reading harry potter i spent a lot of time imagining what it would be like to walk through diagon Mm -hmm. alley what it would be like to be a student so when i went to you know the wizarding world of harry potter that was amazing to be completely immersed and to walk through it was like a dream come true where when my husband like was really into star wars it was the video games you know so for me watching Star Wars again it was the kind of imaginative portion that was really neat for me so walking into that environment for me will be really really awesome and being able to you know look around and see all the little details where for my husband the interactive portion like being a pilot of the Millennium Falcon will be the really special part for him so I think it depends on how you grew up loving Star Wars and enjoying it that will make it more special and kind of make the most out of your experience if that makes sense oh yeah definitely um here i we have a a a pretty good question from from robert here for steve um what is the the confidence level of the crowd calendar in september so like do you do is this something that that you see that that we would update as the summer kind of goes along or do you think it's going to end up staying around where it is now um we've feel like we're pretty aggressive on raising crowd levels but we are definitely will learn more once 
Disneyland opens, once Disney tells us how they're going to operate and handle the crowds. So expect we'll fine-tune the crowd level. We we do a, a monthly update, so we, we fine-tune every month anyway. And this fall, there really is more unknowns than a typical fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, I saw a couple of, uh, on the comments, that people are asking if the crowd levels actually would be lower at the other parks. And that's probably pretty hard to say that will happen just because crowds already are normally low. So for them to even go lower than the lowest, you know, September's already the slowest time of the year. So for crowds to go beyond their normal low points would be wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, But on the other hand, I don't think it's going to be Christmas crowds in the Magic Kingdom every day because of Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. So kind of going with that, um, you said you are you were a little more aggressive for, the, you know, predicting that September crowds. How do you think the crowds will be one month after opening? Still obviously really high for Galaxy's Edge. You just expect those to be high forever, essentially, for the next year for sure. Yes. I mean, people are going to... I mean, the land's going to be so immersive. People are going to spend more time just being in the land mm-hmm. than just scroll strolling through. I mean, it'll be sort of like Pandora, but probably Pandora on steroids, where people are just taking in the land. Mm-hmm. I think the Galaxy's Edge is just going to, you know, people are just going to be obsessed with just being in the space. Yeah. You know, eating the food, being in the cantina, doing, just being <laughs> in a foreign planet yeah. uh, so it'll be interesting to see how disney moves keep keeps people moving along in the land instead of just packing up and living there the whole trip um well that's why i so, like i like your idea about having about basically routing the exit to, to uh, smugglers run just straight out of the land because mm-hmm. then you know eventually people will say like okay i, I gotta ride it and mm-hmm. that's when they'll just have to leave. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that, I, I think kind of like the wizarding world of Harry Potter, where people are more likely to dress up like wizards, I think we're going to see a lot more cosplaying, you know, with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I wonder how mm-hmm. Disney's going to regulate that. Well, they're going to be you know? selling a lot of it. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. So. I thought I read somewhere that you, you could buy Black Spire Outpost clothing. Yep. And okay. wear it. I think they're restricting yeah. people coming in with non-black spire clothing. I I don't I don't really remember seeing that. I mean, normally I think you're 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 basically allowed to. I mean, if if you showed up wearing a Jedi robe now, I'm not exactly sure what they they would do. Um, yeah. Obviously, at Halloween time, they allow that stuff as long as you don't have a mask. But they. Um, yeah, but they are absolutely selling it. One of the promo pictures they had for, and I don't remember the names of all the shops right now, but uh, the clothier one, was it's all like Jedi robes and, and everything. And there's even a first order shop where you can buy like first order clothing and stuff. So um, I can't imagine that they'll um, they'll tell you like, okay, you can buy this Jedi robe, but you can't put it on. So, um, but maybe they will, maybe it'll be like their rules normally are where kids can dress up and adults can't. Um, 
So we'll see. Because one of the other questions I know on, on Len and, and Jim's podcast, the Disney, Disney Dish with Jim Hill, um, one of their, their questions, too, was about the lightsaber building at, at Savi's workshop. Yeah. Because uh, presumably they are not going to let you just carry around a full lightsaber with blade attached all day. Mm -hmm. And there would be nowhere to put it on the rides, really. Right. So um, with that, I actually bought, I'm not in my office right now, but... Um, uh, I have a, a, a sword that I bought at the China Pavilion years ago uh, hanging on my wall. And with that, I could buy it, but they had to ship it to my house. I couldn't even, they wouldn't even ship it back to the hotel. They had to ship it directly to my house. And I almost wonder if the lightsaber is going to be something similar to that. And maybe even the mm -hmm. clothes where they'll say like, okay, you know, you can't wear this. You can't carry this. Like we can send it to your hotel. We can ship it home, but you can't just take it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that, but, but I guess that know, remains to be seen. But yes. you know how many of the, uh, what were the dragon toys from Pandora? Oh, the Banshees, yeah. We the have two, I we have mean, two of those, too. Seeing other people with them got other kids wanting a Banshee. I'm yeah. sure sales would be much lower on Banshees if they were forced to be sent to your hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, <clears throat> how do you think this will affect holiday crowds? They're not going to go down. Yeah, another uh, example of like it being a probably 12 or 13. Yeah. Level. I mean, I, I would just, I would expect maybe, I, I think, I think Magic, Magic Kingdom is basically the only park that has capacity closures right now. And I wouldn't be shocked if Hollywood Studios made it to that list around Christmas time this year. Yeah. And um, what, one thing that, yes. I, I, you were talking about going on New Year's Eve. I The first year I worked for Touring Plans was the year Len got the... Oh, the Bay Lake Tower uh, The Bay suite? Lake yes. Tower suite. Um, and he's like, yeah, sure, come on down. So we had... So the backstory on that is Len said New Year's Eve was great. The worst thing was getting out of the park. The only way I'd ever do it again is if I stayed at Bay Lake Tower. So the following year, he made reservations for a three-bedroom villa. Like, yeah, at, the Grand Villa at Bay Lake, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh um, so anybody that knew Len Testa was there sleeping on the floor. Luckily, my family <laughs> had a little loft. We had our own corner. Um, I was not there. I was working for touring plans, but yeah, I didn't was, go. <laughs> um, and you really have to go with a different mindset when you're in the park. You're not going to be able to ride everything. Mm -hmm. You're just kind of there to be in, in the moment of the chaos that's the Magic Kingdom. Um I wouldn't want to spend four hours of New Year's Eve standing in line for Space Mountain. You know, so we wrote a lot of things in the morning because New Year's Eve day is pretty quiet until the evening. But by dinner time, we didn't ride anything. I mean, we walked mm -hmm. around, saw the crowds, but it certainly wasn't worth trying to ride something. And, and that's kind of the advice I've been giving people that want to go see Galaxy's Edge, you know, especially in the first month or two, is just kind of do this it's the same thing like go assuming like okay if you're going to see if you want to see galaxy's edge take one day and say okay mm -hmm. today we are seeing galaxy's edge and just assume it will take all day and yep. a lot of that will be waiting in line and in crowds um and just you know if you if you are going into it thinking okay we'll go to galaxy's edge in the morning and then we'll go to the magic king like just just if you get to do something else afterwards great bonus but um yeah and and i see here uh um, Extreme Skins here asked if, if Disney will allow people to get there super early or camp out. We did. We talked a little bit about how they haven't said anything operationally. Um, 
but they 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 can't because people will camp out all night um and as angela will will find out because um we you know she doesn't quite know this yet but the reason she's going is because she's got to test out how early to get there and and be filming that's the whole why, time so that's why you picked disneyland and sent me to disneyland oh, disneyland's gonna be worse don't worry because len didn't want to do in california it. are crazy Lyndon, Lyndon want to get up at, at, you know, go out at midnight and camp outside of Hollywood Studios. So he said Angela could go then. So. I look more tired than <laughs> I do now. Thanks. Well, Dis- right. Disneyland will normally be worse except for these mysterious reservations. That, yeah. uh, so I don't know. But yeah, there is, there is every chance that I will be out, at, out there at like two in the morning waiting to get in. So we'll see. Good. So right, me, my- me and Guy Selga uh, as Guy rolls up at like 10 a.m., and just yeah. jumps in line Play with me. Leave it no, our spot. He will. And, and you'll like have your coffee and your little <laughs> headwig cup. You'll be like, nice of you to show up. Mm-hmm. He'll be like all ready to I, go. I, a couple people have asked about um, early morning magic or after hours events. Yeah. Um, and they don't right now. Right now, the early morning magics at Toy Story Land go right go up to August 28th. Uh, which I'm sure is no accident why they stop right there. Uh, now, they don't have anything for September for any park right now, so um, I don't think they we've just gotten there yet. I, um, I, I still wouldn't actually be super surprised if they kept doing the Toy Story Land early morning magics. They, um, it's just extra money for Disney. Like, why do they care? Um, I think eventually there will be events to get into Galaxy's Edge, um, either early morning or after hours or both, and they will be three or four times more expensive than all of the other ones, and they will sell out instantly every time. Uh, but I do not see them doing any sort of Star Wars events um, right off the bat. I think they are just—I think they are just very concerned about how crowds are going to react normally. Um, but any dollar they can get off of off of us, I'm sure they will go for it in time. That's why I think they'll start on. The second week Star Wars is open, though, and that's so, that's we'll very possible. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they just said like, "Okay, September first is the first early morning event." Um, you know, especially after Disneyland. If Disneyland goes relatively okay, I could see them almost immediately just saying like, "Okay, you can get in the park at six a.m. and pay a thousand dollars for it, and it will be sold out in minutes." Oh yeah, people are gonna do it because the alternative is like what 540 minute waits so why not um we did get a question um asking why we're not talking about more crowd calendar questions and focusing on galaxy's edge we did promote this as um a galaxy's edge crowd calendar discussion and it is below in the description box we will do another crowd calendar stream Mm -hmm. down the line but um, I just wanted to bring that up. We'll have so, to make Fred um, do that one so Steve can yeah. work in the comments the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> it is super nice having our two stats people both coming in on the discussion. You guys are the best. It's really nice having you here. Okay. Actually, uh, Disney for Adults here points something uh, to, about the costuming uh, or about cosplaying, I guess, um, that they've specifically said with the Star Wars hotels that they want it to be like, like, fully interactive and people like dressing up and everything and those people will presumably be going into the land like that so uh it does seem maybe they they will have more like more like halloween party restrictions for costuming rather than you know no kylo ren's with mask but if you want to go kylo ren with the flowy hair and stuff then you can go ahead and do that so no that's a good point and speaking of the halloween party we are getting a lot of questions about that as far as 
if we think it's going to sell out faster, um, what the crowds will be like because of all this. Steve, what do you think? I was going to let Brian take that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really think those early Halloween parties in late August and September and everything, um, they, they just don't really sell out. I mean, if, if anything, they sell out the day of, so could they sell out a couple days in advance? Maybe, but I don't think if, if you're not sure what party you want to go to yet, I don't think it's a problem to wait until, you know, August or, or something to buy. Um, the only party that really sells out in advance is the Halloween, the, the actual party on Halloween, uh, which has sold out in, I think August 3rd is the earliest that's sold out before. Um, so if you want to go to that one, you should always buy that one in advance anyway. Um, for the others, you know, if you know when you're going, it doesn't. It sure doesn't hurt to buy it in in advance. Uh, they could be a little bit busier, but I don't think it's going to be so busy that they're going to sell out weeks in advance or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I I think the people that are making a special trip to to experience Galaxy Edge, Galaxy Edge is really their focus, and mm -hmm. anything else they get to do will be a bonus. Um. So. Yeah. That, that's yeah. kind of the way I think that now people are doing their annual trip and making a week out of it. Yeah, then they may choose to go in September instead of July, and then they get can do a Halloween party and stuff like that. But I think a, a lot of the increase in attendance is going to be the people that are taking extra time off of work, getting out of school because of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. yeah. Now I imagine there will be a lot more Star Wars costumes at <laughs> at Halloween this year. Uh, there yeah. won't be won't, not quite as many Incredibles families, more Star Wars families is my guess. Yeah, so. yeah. no, I get that. Um, John said, what about VIP tours going into Galaxy's Edge? And then someone else says, Hollywood Studios already has a Star Wars tour in place, which I did know. So I'm thinking, yes. Uh, what do we know about that? Do we know anything? Uh, what we I know there are VIP tours that go in, and I know the earliest one available right now is August 30th, which is the day after it opens. Um, they have not said, apparently, even even uh, like Club 33 and people who run the VIP tours were a little surprised at how early Galaxy's Edge is supposed to open. So they really just don't have any of that stuff set up yet. Um, <laughs> if it's... If it's available, I'm sure they will gladly take anyone who wants to pay VIP prices uh, in mm -hmm. there. But I just don't know. I don't think they know yet. So, and I would be surprised. We should actually look at it. See if we could make a uh, the Star Wars tour that's currently available after Galaxy's Edge opens. I'm sure if there is a Star Wars tour, it's going to have to change. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure. And the price will have to be increased because people will pay it um <laughs> so yeah i mean there's a lot of unknowns still that maybe d23 will find out some of that certainly once disneyland opens we'll learn some more and then so one thing that that a lot of people have have asked and i know we've gotten emails and everything about it too is there's, there's quite a few people that have scheduled their trips for those first couple weeks of September uh, because traditionally that is one of the least crowded times and now are wondering whether they should bump that up to, you know, say late August or, or something like that. Um, Steve, what is your opinion on, on that? If they are going for lower crowds and they definitely don't want to experience any of Galaxy's Edge, it wouldn't be a bad idea to move their trip. 
um, you know, maybe May or during the summer, um, it will be a less chaotic trip. Um, but again, I don't think the it is traditionally a slow time, so the extra attendance is still going to be moderate at the other parks. So if you're willing to avoid Hollywood Studios or just be prepared for what Hollywood Studios is going to be like, I think the rest of the parks will be fine. But if you're the type that really don't want to even get close to it, it's probably not a bad idea to move their trip. So then in that case, how many months or years do you think a family should wait to plan a visit to Galaxy's Edge if they're just like a casual fan? I would wait probably a, a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, especially when 2020 comes around, there's going to be so many other new things and the 50th anniversary and all that. Galaxy's Edge will be busy, but it's certainly not going to be the only new item, shiny thing that everybody wants to go and see. Yeah. Yeah, I think this I, I this this may not have quite as long of the insane crowd life as as pan, as like flight of passage has only because it won't be quite as long before new things open. Um you know the the Ratat Remy's Ratatouille adventure is supposed to open in Epcot, you know, in in 2020. In 2021 we'll have the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster and the Tron coaster, so by then it should have spread out quite a bit. But yeah, I think I think until until the next big thing opens, which I think is going to be Remy's Ratatouille uh, ride, um, it's probably going to be the, it, it'll be like Flight of Passage is now, where if you want to, every it's always just pretty busy. You know, we were kind of talking about we were joking just a few minutes ago about how like I'll be camping out at midnight, Brian, you'll be camping out we at two a.m. We weren't joking. <laughs> yes. We were joking. Um, but but realistically, you know, when we're talking about rope drop and lining up, what are we thinking as far as hours beforehand? Because Disney has to moderate that somehow as far as people camping out in the parking lot. So how are they going to control that? How how far in advance should we get there before rope drop? Do we have any kind of... My, no. I've been telling people two hours. I think if you show up two hours before park opening, you will not be the first person in line. Okay. So that's yeah, I, I, and I think this, these are the types of things that we'll just know more as we get closer, as we find out how they're going to do crowd control, because uh, Disney certainly sees all of this coming. I know, I know, we've been asking for months now how they were going to deal with the crowds, so they know they're they're thinking about it now. What they actually decide, uh, we may not agree with, but um, but yeah, I think you know. I mean, right now we still tell people with with flight of passage to get there at least an hour before the park is scheduled to open. If you want to ride it without waiting forever, um, and I think yeah, I think Galaxy's Edge is going to be at least that. And in the for the first couple months, it's two hours is uh, is is probably uh, you know the minimum. Honestly, if you if you really really want to get in and out of there and ride those rides without you know having to wait four hours for each one. Oh man, and then curious. Uh, this is from Holly. Curious how the resorts, restaurants, Disney Springs, etc., will feel if there's a huge influx of crowds for Galaxy's Edge opening. So this isn't the parks. This is kind of everything else: the resorts and Disney Springs. <clears throat> um, I mean, the resorts will probably be noticeable. I, I would imagine that capacity at, at the resorts is going to be fairly high. 
um, Disney Springs has always kind of a mystery, honestly, because, you know, you get, it's kind of a, an afterthought for a lot of vacationers. You tend to get more locals that, that will go now that they have like actually good restaurants and, and easy, easier parking. Um, so it, it's, it's very much like we said with food and wine, Disney Springs just gets busy on like weekends and things like that. So mm-hmm. I imagine that won't be any different. The resorts you will probably notice, um, a difference, especially compared to normal September's. And kind of going with that, I know with like uh, Irma, a lot of people had to reschedule their trips. Hurricane Irma, they had to, which made the crowd levels change and go up a lot at different random parts throughout the year. Do you think that enough people will cancel and reschedule their trips that we might see that again this year? I think if people that are talking about rescheduling are actually rescheduling earlier because... Later, Star Wars is still going to be open. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's not going to do you any help to reschedule until November. Busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, and then summer is predicting to be low anyway, so it would just bring summer crowds normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. We have one one question here from Jose that that I can definitely answer. Um, just a, a general question about park hours, where he asked, "Why is the crowd calendar have the text the park hours are estimated uh, in October?" Um, and that the reason for that is because Disney just doesn't release their park hours that far in advance. Uh, around six months in advance, uh, Disney will release what, what I've always referred to as their preliminary park hours, which are just, you know, okay, this is around when the park is opening. And then as it gets closer, if um, they have a lot of data that, that we unfortunately don't like hotel capacities and, and now that the date-based ticket system is in place, they know uh, what dates people are buying tickets for so they can tell how busy it's going to be um, with a little bit less um, statistical involvement than we can. And um, then they will extend the park hours if necessary. They don't want to extend them immediately because of, of, of staffing, most likely. They just don't, they want to have as few people working at any one point as possible. So uh, whenever on our crowd calendar it says the park hours are estimated, that just means Disney has not released them yet. Um, and we use uh, we use dates from previous years and things like that to estimate what we think the hours are going to be, and they're usually pretty darn close. So mm-hmm. um, if you're if you're planning your if you're looking at like dining reservations and things, those estimated park hours are are a good place to start. And we have one more question that I wrote down from yesterday. Do you think Universal will see increased crowds too? Um, in the fall, we're not expecting much difference. Again, I think people are people that are making special trips for Galaxy's Edge, that's their focus. And Universal and Disney has made it expensive to go to two two uh, resorts. Mm-hmm. So if they're if you are doing a short trip to do Galaxy's Edge, adding an extra ticket to go to to Universal is another expense. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, again, I, I feel like the people that go to both Disney and Universal are ones taking a, you know, obviously, a longer trip, um, you know, thing, things, some a trip that is maybe a little more planned out than yeah. people that are just going for Galaxy's Edge. So um, it may, in the long term, help Universal for, like, next year as more people maybe are coming to Orlando. Uh, but around the opening, it, it, I doubt it would do very much. Mm-hmm. Do you see any other comments that either of you want to cover before we finish up? Um, I none that none that I noticed. We've been 
the people, everybody's been great with the comments. You've been answering each other's questions in the comments, which is, is amazing. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, keep, uh, you know, I would, I would just say keep checking the crowd calendar, look out for the, the blog posts that, that Fred and Steve will both post, mm-hmm. um, explaining, you know, changes we make. We, we are, uh, are going to be updating as we know new things. So, and, you yeah. know, it's just keep in mind, it is not our fault. It is Disney that is creating all these crowds for you. what do you have to say steve anything you want to address well um yeah for touring you know basically the same advice we always give show to the show up to the parks early use a touring plan um and you know just take it in and know what you're (laughs) know what you're getting yourself into and have a positive attitude um what one suggestion i've been giving people um, for you know, people are like worried, like you know, they want to, they don't want, they want to do Toy Story Land, but they don't want to get in the mess of Galaxy's Edge. I can imagine that Hollywood Studios will even have two, basically two queues to get into the park. That people that are waiting to get Galaxy's Edge on the left and on the right, people that are not going to Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. So I think if you show up at Rope Drop, maybe an hour ahead, and do non Galaxy's Edge. You're going to have the part to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I it. think we, like I said, we don't know operationals yet, but there's a, there is a chance that the Toy Story Land entrance to Galaxy's Edge will, will act as the exit. Um, so oh. I think our advice would still be the same. If you're not interested in Star Wars, you know, go, go straight to Toy Story Land to do those attractions. So you avoid anybody that would be coming out. Um, and then do the rest. And yeah, you, I agree with Steve, you'll breeze through it because even if they don't have separate lines for people getting in, and I, I do think that's very likely, but even if they don't, um, when you get to the end of Hollywood Boulevard, 99% of people are going to turn left and you're, the, mm-hmm. you're, you're just going to be able to stroll, right? It's like riding Kilimanjaro Safaris or, or actually Dinosaur or Everest first at Animal Kingdom. Everyone goes left. All you have to do is go walk on to everything else. Well, and I've already been hearing that people around those dates have been getting flight of passage, fast passes, no problem. So think really? of that as another perk. Yeah, I, I saw on Twitter, someone got two, one on like the second day of their trip and the one on their eighth with like no issues at all. <laughs> so who knows? That could bold well for the future with that opening. So, you know, another perk. But yeah, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Steve. Thank you for joining us. We love having you. And we'll see you on the next stream. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.